the impact of, of animal products on the environment is so detrimental. Um, and we can offset all of that or most of it by literally swapping out our cheese for a vegan cheese, dairy milk for an almond milk, like all these simple swaps where we're not sacrificing our taste buds or or texture or nutritional value or anything like that. It's so simple. We're the only ones that have the power to literally pick up our, our fork and put a piece of food in our mouth. Like we are the only ones that control that power. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to yet another episode of the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Singer, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. Guys, compassion is sexy. All you men out there need to get on the vegan train. We got plenty of vegan girls and some wholesome gentlemen as well, if that's your team. Today is Earth Day. That basically means it's vegan Christmas. And our gift is all the cool shit that the Earth gives us, like oxygen and the Grand Canyon. But to celebrate even more, I unintentionally booked today's guest, who just happens to be an awesome couple doing way more than just replacing light bulbs with better ones. Today, we are getting zero wasted with the sustainable duo, Brendan and Carly. They are environmentally conscious, social influencers, ethical and sustainable business owners, and public speakers. They are, quote, simply trying to bring the masses back to the basics of sustainable living. The duo touch on ecopreneurship, say that five times fast, composting, zero waste swaps, permaculture, and of course, veganism. These guys are truly amazing people, and you can just feel the good energy from their voices. I hope you guys enjoy the interview, and as always, please share with a friend, and if you're feeling motivated, leave me a rating and review on iTunes. Now, on to the show. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Honestly, I'm very humbled to have you here and super excited to learn about different ways that I can, you know, contribute more to helping the environment. And you guys, I know, do a lot with zero waste and sustainability and stuff like that. And I know that ties over into your company as well, which we'll talk about, you know, later in this podcast. But thank you guys for being here. Appreciate you taking your time to do this. For sure. Of course, yeah. man. We're humbled and uh, grateful to, to be on. We're, we're excited to learn more about you and, and share our journey with you and, and all the followers. It's gonna be fun, man, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how much you'll learn about me. I feel like you'll be doing most of the talking, but we'll see. Maybe I'll sneak in some stuff there. So, and it's Earth Day. Yeah, it is Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, guys. Like, yeah, happy Earth Day. Perfect I didn't timing. actually, like, I didn't plan this to be like that. And then I looked at my phone today. I was just like, it's Earth Day. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, you that's, subconsciously did. That's just yes, how, the, exactly. how the universe works. Yeah. The universe definitely just put everything together for us. So, Cool, guys. Well, I like to start off all of my... Uh, interview podcast by asking like a pretty deep question just that way the listeners can kind of get to know exactly what you're about right off the bat and then we'll kind of deconstruct from there and see how you got to the answer Amazing. so you guys can each, each answer this or you can answer it together however you want to do it but you know what what are your mission statements for life what do you want to achieve while you're here on earth i think you know we, we just posted this on um, our sustainable duo account on instagram and it's moral consistency and that's something that Carly and I are really, really big on is, is just that 
aligning our values with our businesses and our brands. So if we're the face of those companies, then we need to align our values with that mission and with that state, with that company. So it's not like, Hey, we have, you know, a protein business and everything that I believe in for the earth and eco and, and green and all that has to translate to the company. Right. So that's, that's staying consistently moral with our values. Um, I mean, that's pretty much how I, I view our mission statement for, for life. For is, sure. Yeah. I mean, is, I think during all of our talks that we give, it's basically we kind of preach two things like moral consistency and all we're doing is just going back to the basics. Like we're very basic people and we want to show everyone that, you know, although we are like sustainable influencers, we have vegan and zero waste businesses. It's great. But these aren't things that are so far out of reach. Like everyone can be, like have a zero waste mindset and be vegan and just be as sustainable as they possibly can for, you know, the conventional consumerism world that we live in today. But again, we're just trying to peel back those layers and go back to the basics of how it was like a hundred years ago before all this consumerism existed. So well, yeah, even beyond business, it's, it's even Instagram. Like you see so many people that you meet from Instagram in real life and that's not so consistent. So we just want to be as transparent and straightforward as possible and show people that like life isn't perfect. We aren't perfect. Right. But as long as we're sticking to our morals and we're being consistent, then, you know, we're, we're keeping it real, which is which is what we want. For sure. Nice. Pretty much practicing what you preach mm-hmm. in exactly. simple terms. Yeah. Cool. I dig that guys. 100%. I think that's, yeah, super needed in this day and age, especially with social media, you know, we're able to really kind of fluff up things. Um, and I feel like it's been that way for a long time, especially like in business of just having clever marketing. But then, you know, when you kind of dig behind the curtain and see what exactly is going on, I mean, well, hell, that's the reason I'm vegan, you know, because it's like just having that moral consistency with what you're doing. Obviously there's a lot of that that's not consistent out there. And so I appreciate that guys setting the example and, you know, hopefully others will follow along. What, what, what made you go vegan? Oh man, dude. Uh, initially I was just like interested in health reasons and, uh, I stumbled across the documentary forks over knives, just mm. like scrolling through Netflix. Like I wasn't even like, Oh, I want to, see like about going vegetarian or or vegan or anything like that i was just like really into like working out eating healthy at the time and yeah so i was just like scrolling through netflix and i saw that when i was like oh this looks interesting so i clicked on it and watched it and it definitely inspired me i was like okay i'm gonna get try vegetarian and i ended up going pescatarian actually and um I did it for like a couple of weeks and I failed. And then like, I don't know, something inside of me was just like, Oh, I'll try again. And I tried again and just started doing more research and like a couple months down the road, you know, watch like earthlings and all that stuff. And just, that was almost seven years ago. So yeah, yeah Could, you couldn't back. turn the blind eye. That's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. not. I feel like I'm a very empathetic person and it's like, once I knew that truth, it was an inconvenient truth, you know, as a lot of these things are because, yeah, you do have to change your life. But like once you know it, it just changes you and the way you see the world. And I'm so glad that I saw that now because it's opened myself up to so many other areas of life that I also had closed off. So word. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In short. Yeah. It's more than just a diet for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'll be asking you guys the same question, but you know, first I want to hear a little bit about 
your lives growing up and pretty much how you got to the point that you are now. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper while you're telling that story into why you went vegan as well, um, let's hear that. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, I actually initially went vegan when I was 15. Um, So I started working at a raw, vegan, organic juice and smoothie bar in the suburbs of Chicago. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. Like I, I tell this base, the story on like every podcast we go on, cause it's really so interesting. Like I was this 15 year old, like sheltered girl and I was working at this juice bar. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, all the people I was working with were really like just conscious and spiritual and aware. So I, I was working with someone who was like a witch and then working with a transgender. And like my boss was an immigrant and, you know, all these different types of people that I had never been surrounded by, um, especially at the age of 15. So I was like, what is going on? Like, what is the world, you know? And so they started talking to me about environmentalism and um, Ayurveda and holistic healing, Chinese traditional medicine, you know, all these different types of um, healing patterns and obviously veganism and why it was important and then also their values of why they were working there in the first place. So it really got me going and I was a college athlete. I was a cross country runner um, and a softball player, volleyball player. And I went vegan and initially I definitely did not do it right. I, I got really sick. Um, I got to, I got really into the raw vegan side of it very quickly. My diet shifted dramatically within a month. So I kind of had, you know, a couple like health scares, which kind of had to get back and check and get everything right make sure I was getting all my nutrition. But once I got that down, like I was good to go and I've, basically been vegan for six years. Um, besides a few times, like, I mean, I was 16 years old and I was, had a lot of health scares. I had mono and I went vegan. I had a stress fracture at the same time. So I went in, um, I went into the doctor. She's like, you need to eat eggs or else you're never going to have kids. Your hair is all going to fall out. And you, you know, I was jaundiced. My skin was turning yellow, like all these different health problems. So I, I was terrified. So then I started eating eggs again and I was like eating them. And I'm like, you know what? This just doesn't feel right. Like I don't feel like my body resonates with this. I don't think, you know, that my health is improving because of these eggs. So it just kind of was like a lot of trial and error in my younger years. Um, but I finally got it down and got the nutrition right and just started like supplementing with DHA and CBD, getting all the omegas right. And then I think once you find your balance and what works for your body, you just kind of ride that wave and get really in tune with your body and figure it out. And then you just feel amazing. But I think a lot of people like Brennan will tell you about his story and he kind of went through something a bit similar when he first went vegan. So what was your, like, what did your family say about that being so young and making that decision? They thought I was crazy. They're like, you're eating bird seed and, you know, <laughs> cause I, I mean, I was raw, you know, so, and yeah. I still do eat like a raw diet, but, um, I just was not doing it correctly at the time. And so basically like I was just eating seeds and lettuce and like, you know, a ton of like organic broccoli and fresh food and stuff like that. Um, and definitely not getting all my nutrients, like just definitely not being mindful. So, you know, they, they definitely saw me get sick and thought it was veganism, which I definitely don't blame them. Um, but you know, they just had to learn and learn from my mistakes. And I explained to them what I did wrong and I explained to the doctors, which they never got it. I had to switch to like holistic doctors, Yeah. but yeah, after a while they just kind of, um, got it. Yeah, definitely. Well, good for you for, you know, figuring it out. I feel like, uh, 
well, at least for some of the vegan YouTubers out there, you know, the, the, um, the answer to that is just, you know, eating sufficient eggs and calling it a day. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> there's definitely something you're lacking. You know, there's just Brennan and I always say, you know, there's how many edible plants around the world, you know, that yeah. we haven't even, haven't even experimented with and tried so many healing herbs. We're really into making like tinctures and supplementing with a lot of local like wild foraged herbs luckily we live in florida so it's like they're everywhere yeah um but you know there's so many things to try so to kind of go back to eggs and fish automatically i i don't really think that makes much sense well there's so many different plants in the ocean that we don't even experiment with yet exactly right yeah people don't even know what bladder rack is and that's just a very highly potent and strong uh seaweed and it's super high in vitamins and minerals and like Irish sea moss and there's different yeah. things like that that are that have the same properties and vitamins and, and minerals that eggs do but we're just not we're just not exploring those options you know some of us aren't at least and and right. that's, that's kind of like the misconception we get when when people go vegan and they go back it's like well what was your diet like just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're automatically healthy you know right. so that's that's something that we're really big on is the health is the health portion of it is like Yes, we're vegan, but it doesn't stop there. It, it's it's it goes even further. And the more clear you get, the healthier that you eat, you understand that this movement isn't just all right. Pick up an incredible burger or an impossible burger, um, and then that's it. You know, it's it, it's further than that. It goes further than that, and it, it right. it's truly what you put into your body. It's a sacred temple, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, without fueling fueling yourself with with these nutritious foods, then you just don't see the world the same way. Right. Yeah. How do you guys feel about products like that? I mean, like obviously, you know, they're not ideally they're not, you know, healthy for you. I feel like they're healthier than animal products, but ideally they're not, you know, what you should be feeding your body. But how do you guys feel about that as far as, you know, it reducing factory farming and just helping the environment? I think it's for those it's kind of like a double edged sword. Um, in my opinion, just because they're obviously amazing for people like my mom who has been vegan for two years now and she still craves meat, you know, and she's tried making black bean burgers and beet burgers and all this stuff, but she still kind of has those cravings sometimes. So once in a while she'll get it like a beyond meat burger. And I think that's great for her. So she doesn't have to go back to them. Um, but you know, for people like Brenda and I, like when we first started dating, like in the beginning we were eating like some, a lot of, not a lot of processed foods, but we'd have like Beyond Meat burgers like once every four months. And we'd have, we'd go out to eat and go to like, when we traveled to California, we got like vegan donuts from Whole Foods. Like, yeah. um, you know, just like those different vegan options when you travel that all the restaurants that you want to try. And we actually, I mean, quickly after that, we were like, why are we doing this? Because even before we met each other, we were eating holistic, like very pure foods. And then yeah. when we first met each other, we were just so excited that we were so busy <laughs> we wanted to try everything together. And then we kind of went back to like, you know, those just don't really resonate with our body. Like we don't feel good eating a Beyond Meat burger. Like I think we even had one in like probably over a year and a half. Like wow. it just, you know, we eat it and it just kind of doesn't resonate, but we also don't crave it. So like, we don't think it's necessary, you know? Right. And like, especially my background of working at a, a raw vegan restaurant, like I, I can prepare food really well and make a lot of like good desserts and meals. So yeah, so I'm, I'm the lucky one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, again, like we just don't really crave it. And like, also, a lot of those foods come in packaging. So because we live like a zero waste lifestyle and we strive to have like a zero waste life 
um, we just don't really necessarily need them. And so that kind of encourages us to go to the bulk sections and food stores and like make whatever we need out of those ingredients. So like sunflower pâtés and almond butters and um, like Brendan makes quinoa all the time. So we just kind of use whatever is from bulk and get our nutrients that way. So it's good because, you know, there's no like preservatives or like questionable vegan ingredients in there, like natural flavors or sugar alcohols or, you know, whatever caramel colors that are still in a lot of vegan products. But yeah, it just kind of reduces the ingredients and our, you know, our expenses because it's really, you know, cost effective. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. Honestly, I, I really commend you guys for doing that because I know I'm definitely somebody who it's like, if you gave me like a Buddha bowl or something with like, you know, a bunch of healthy vegetables and rice and stuff like that, I'd be like, yes, I'm all for it. Thank you. Like, but then also yeah. you put like a Beyond Burger in front of me. I'm like, yes, give me that. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's, and we don't shame that at all. Like we think that's great, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, coming, coming out, coming from Flint, Michigan, um, I look back on it and it's like my father, he needs this stuff. You know, yeah. my, my friends, they need this stuff. Um, there's a lot of people out there that I believe that these products are for, um, it, in the beginning of my transition, I mean, I, I did cook a lot for myself, but I did buy a lot of like the garden, um, and the frozen like veggie burgers and stuff like that just out of inconvenience and really not knowing what was going on, you know? I was like two months vegan at the time or three months vegan. And I'm like, shit, I'm running out of ideas. What do I, what do I cook? What do I eat? So a lot of those products came in clutch because without those, I might've not had an easier transition at the time. You know, maybe some of them aren't as healthy as others. Um, but again, it's like, it's, it beats an animal product at that time. So if, uh, if, you know, if I'm leaning on something like that in my transition, then I'm all for it. And you know, same with my, my family back home. I don't think, you know, without the impossible burger on the market, I don't think we would have this many people opening their eyes to a new world, a plant-based yeah. world. I don't think it would, it would be happening this fast. Yeah. So I commend that company. Um, and there's a lot of backlash with vegans in this world about, you know, them testing uh, certain ingredients on lab rats and et cetera. But again, like look at the big picture and how many people are now vegan because of that one product? It's 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 got to be astronomical the number. Yeah, so, it's like kill one, save a thousand. You know, it's like that's that's, that's kind of you know that's kind of where it's at. And and the cool thing is, I don't think the lab rats even died because oh cool yeah you know it was just like it was like a soy ingredient. Um, so it's not like it was killing them, but right, right. if it's a new ingredient that's introduced to the market and the FDA says, hey, this is brand new. You know, the government's not going to test it on humans. Yeah. Right. So I can understand where that went and how, and how that went about, especially as coming from a business owner standpoint. Um, but, you know, now that they have that ingredient on the market, they have everything tested and, and put out there. There's no more testing on any animals. And the only thing that's happening right now is, is saving. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I doubt they're going to test anymore because with the amount of backlash they got, like, they'll be like, all right, Impossible Foods, you're done. You're done, all right? Yeah, we're just like testing you on themselves strike, or something. Like. Yeah, seriously. It's like the CEO is the new guinea pig. Yeah, yeah seriously. Right? <laughs> nah, I agree with you, man. I think a lot of vegans just have emotional reaction and, and don't always see the big picture. But right, right. those products are definitely great for, you know, transitions. And, uh, you know, speaking of transitions, you know, talk about your story, Brendan, of, I, you know, how you grew up and how you went vegan. 
I wasn't uh, I wasn't as blessed as Carly over here. I wasn't surrounded by all these conscious people and <laughs> subjected to so much health and vibrancy at a young age. Um, when I was 15, I think I was like probably attempting to steal my mom's van and, and <laughs> go drive to a party, you know, like yeah. I was drinking, I was smoking, I was picking up cigarettes on the side of the road and lighting them because oh I couldn't gosh. buy them at the, at the, at the drugstore. Um, I learned something new every day. No, that, <laughs> oh man, wow. it's all, it's all coming out in the podcast. Yeah, Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I don't want any, I don't want any fights started after this. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna blame you, bro. Oh man! Oh, I can just delete this. No one will have to hear. So you know, the blame's not on me. The world needs uh, to know. But you know, I was, uh, I was, I grew up, like I said, in Flint, Michigan. It's a very, uh, I mean, everything is what you make of it. But I, at the time, I didn't really understand that. So it's a very toxic environment, and most of us don't make it out, and most of us end up in in jail. And um, you know, for to come out of that, to come out of that city. I don't know how did, how did you end up it, going vegan, which seems like a complete opposite shift dude. in lifestyle, you know, from from how you grew up. How did you how did you did you like move or we we ate meat and eggs or meat and potatoes every single day, like every day. I had um, frozen sausage biscuits in the morning and like Wait, turkey sa- turkey sandwiches for uh, lunch, you know, and then steak or burgers for dinner. Like it was every meal. Um, the other day I was talking about how I used to eat the, um, the sausage blankets, like the pancakes that were wrapped in like, or oh, the sausage yeah. that was wrapped in pancakes on a stick. Yeah. I've never seen that. And I you, was like, what are you talking about? That exists. <laughs> you throw them on the micro in the microwave and boom, wow. you know, 60 seconds later, I'm walking to the bus stop with, with, with breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was my childhood and wow. we just didn't know any difference. It was like this stuff's on sale mom let's get it she's cutting coupons like we were a very poor family um i remember sleeping like sometimes we'd sleep in the living room we're all just gather in the living room in the winter because we didn't have heat and uh, we would have like a space heater or two of them going and we would kind of cordon off like the hallway in the other rooms and everybody would just cram into the living room and like cuddle with the dog or put blankets on or it was crazy man we just didn't have the, the funds um so if we saw something on sale at the supermarket, that was that was that was lunch. Um, right. I did end up moving, so I joined the Marine Corps out of high school. I was supposed to be the soccer star. I was all hype about that. Unfortunately, I was ineligible my senior year, uh, which put me in a kind of a bad spot. Uh, Slips into like a minor depression and just kind of like I didn't really have a sense of direction. Um, but thankfully, I was raised by a, a really awesome dad. Um, my parents were my parents were really good about letting me make my own mistakes, which I learned from my I learned from experience. That's that's what works for me. Yeah. And um, they threw me out there, man. They let me. They kind of let me do my thing. And um, I thank them for that for sure. Because if I didn't make the decision to join the Marine Corps out of out of high school, I don't know where I'd be right now. Like I literally have no idea. And, um, I joined the Marine Corps infantry for six years out of high school. I actually had to sign at seven. I signed at 17. My parents had to sign for me. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like Kobe going to the league out of high school. Like his parents had to sign for me. He was so young. Um, but they did that for me. They knew I was, I was, I was all in. I joined the Marine Corps. I had no idea what was in store. Like it was a total wake up call, man. Um, the only thing I knew when I was joining 
was that that was like the most badass branch. Those guys are crazy. That's going to change my life. Let's do it. And um, I did do that. I got out. I sold insurance for like four years. I kind of went back and forth with dead-end jobs, um, kind of just hitting my head on the wall. Like, where am I going in life? What's going on? You know? Yeah. Were you back in Flint at this time? or This is – I was still in Flint area at this time. And then I moved down to Florida um, about almost six years ago now. So I, I moved down on a whim. It was just, hey, let's get the heck out of Flint and figure it out. Yeah. I knew that there was sunshine down here and that had to be a lot better than the 10 months of gloom, you yeah. know? <laughs> and uh, one night, it was kind of like you, man. One night I was watching uh, Netflix and Cowspiracy came on and that kind of just, that, that that set up a, a whole different light uh, mentality for me. A light bulb went off. I remember watching it and I was super intrigued by the, um, by the environmental aspect, like how much the agriculture industry is affecting the, um, the environment. That was like super intriguing. But what really got me was when they showed the, um, the scenes of the art- artificial insemination of the cow. When I seen that, like we were literally forcing cows to get pregnant to steal their milk, it just, it all went full circle for me. And I connected so many dots because of that scene and it just made sense, you know? And then the next morning I woke up and I'm vegan and I remember my dad, my dad would call me and he's like, Hey, what are you up to now, son? I'm like, dad, I'm vegan, you know? And he's like, okay, cool. What are you doing in life? I'm like, dad, I'm I'm vegan. It doesn't matter. I'm vegan. (laughs) And he's like, all right, you're weird. (laughs) He's like, "I'll, I'll call you in two weeks. Let me know what you're doing, you know? And uh, they would check up on me, and I'm still vegan. I'm still vegan. Um, and, and Carly did mention it earlier. I had a really rough transition. My first two to three months, I was eating beans and rice and maybe some guacamole at some times. Yeah. Like, it was mostly beans and rice, dude. And I just – it's because I didn't know any better, you know? Yeah. We grew up on all these different microwavable foods and oven-ready. I didn't know that there was abundance of, of – vegetables out there that we can throw together in a stir fry and all of a sudden there's like all the nutrients you need in the world you know i didn't realize that so it was kind of rough for me i had um a lot of joint pain lack of uh, energy fatigue was super super low um or fatigue was super high right yeah (laughs) i guess either way (laughs) is that is that yeah yeah i i got you (laughs) we'll look it up after this all right (laughs) But um, I was just feeling shit. I knew. I knew that. And I was such a stubborn person at the time. Oh, I still kind of am, right? Yeah, Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scorpio. And um, I just knew that I wanted to stay vegan for those for those uh, ethical reasons. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't look back, dude. I, I stayed the course and I didn't give up. I found inspiration online like Badass Vegan, Tori Washington. I seen if these dudes could be so big and tall and muscular and healthy and vibrant – um, you look at John's smile and his teeth are like pure white. And it's like, yeah. if, if, if somebody can be this healthy for 11 plus years now going on this kind of diet, then mm-hmm. maybe I'm doing something wrong. So I think that was a turning point for me because it helped me open my eyes even further. Um, and it opened my mind to more. And um, I, I haven't looked back since, man. I've, I've been vegan AF for over three years now. <laughs> That's and awesome. uh, I just haven't felt any better mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, coming out of the Marine Corps, athlete my entire life, like veganism is, veganism is definitely the way for me. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I mean, what really, 
do you think it was really just that scene that just hit you that hard? I mean, like, was your mindset already like changed from the Marine Corps to be more like empathetic or open or because, you know, growing up in the environment that you, that you did, I feel like it would be easier to see something like that and be like, well, you know, this is necessary and we need to do this and this is the only way to live. So we have to do these kind of things. Like, you know, what, what opened your mind up to the idea that like, oh, maybe this isn't right. You know, I was, um, I went through anger management when I was younger. So the Marine Corps probably didn't help with that too much because there's a lot of anger that builds up inside of you in those stressful environments. Yeah. You get it out with like the physical conditioning and and the camaraderie and the brotherhood. But at the same time, a lot of that's so built up, you don't even realize it. So yeah, if for me to like just pass over that, that documentary and be like, eh, whatever that could have happened for sure. But I think what it was is the metal rod. Like when I seen a metal rod that was almost longer than the cow going inside of the cow, that just, for me, I was like, this isn't right. That's not natural. That's not even like, that's not even how the process of milk is supposed to be. I'm just thinking that somebody gets underneath the cow and starts squeezing the udders, right. you know? I'm like, all right, this is this is it. Like, it's re- we're ready for milk and, <laughs> and the farmer's underneath there with the bucket. That's how I viewed it. But that moment that I seen that metal rod artificially inseminating, raping this cow, that was it for me. Like, it, the, a, like I said, a light bulb just went off. And yeah, it, it, it just made sense to me that, there was all these lies happening and and once i once i opened my mind to that then it just it didn't slow down now it's like i think i'm more open and even keel than i ever have been in my life yeah i i agree with you man it's it's so funny how some people can see footage like this and just immediately make the connection you know like like our stories and then other times you have people who see it and they might completely push it to the side at first and then maybe later on you know reopen themselves to the idea of oh hey Mm -hmm. this is wrong so it's just i don't know it kind of plays back on like you know our journeys of life and how our minds are just open to learning certain lessons or you know evolving in certain ways um at different points on the timeline i think it's just fascinating i i totally agree i totally agree and anybody and anybody can have these moments these epiphanies at any time so that's why I still stay strong on Instagram. That's why I still yeah. stay strong in this movement and just radiate what, what's going on in our lives. And we just want to give that back, right? I mean, there's so many people like my dad who in the beginning, he's like, you're crazy. You're vegan. You're weird. You know, like you're just, you're just on another fad. You're, you're just being Brendan, you know. But really in reality, as I, as I led by example and showed him how light this, this movement is, um, he, now he's, you know, now he buys a juicer and he's yeah. asking more, he's asking more questions mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So man, once you open your mind to that, there's definitely no going back. Um, especially maybe you go back in the, in the sense of like you eat a different diet, but I think once you go vegan and you understand what it means and what it's about, then it's really hard to just, you know, put that to the side and forget about what veganism is. Right. Yeah, definitely agree. Well, those are some awesome stories, guys. Um, let's let's put it on a lighter note. Um, how did you guys end up meeting? So you're you're both <laughs> vegan at this point, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So how did that I'll transpire? Because Brennan tells a bi- Brennan tells like a totally different way. She <laughs> thinks so, I tell I tell biased stories. But. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> no. he was okay. So 
I, um, that, so there was a vegan festival, a veg fest, and I was going to go with all my friends and I woke up that morning. I found that there was an edible plant walk by us in Florida. So I was like amazing. Cause I'm really into like edible landscaping and permaculture and organic biodynamic farming. So I was like, this is amazing. So we went on this plant walk and like, we're learning about like, oh my gosh, all these different plants that we can forage that act as like a natural Advil and a natural, like, you know, antidepressant, all this stuff. And then it starts pouring rain. And I'm like, you know, like I was already vegan for like three years this time, basically. So I was like, do I even need to go on this walk or to go to this festival? You know, I'm like, I've been to so many, like, and it's pouring rainstorming. Like I doubt it's even going to go on. And they're all like, nah, you know, let's still go. And I'm like, okay. So we go and we're all walking around the festival. And then I see like from far away, I see Brendan because he had like this super nice beard and I'm like, Whoa. (laughs) So he's like far away. And, um, and, I like all my friends are going up to his booth and I just kind of like chill back and I'm like a very like extroverted person I would say most of the time. So like it was kind of surprising that I like didn't go up and like talk and try his product. But for whatever reason, I was just like kind of leaning back. Dead silence. Um, yeah. Wow. And um, I kept on with my day. You know, we all um, we I never saw him again for like a month or two months. And um, then a couple months later, like I was hanging out with my friend and she like long story short like she got a little intoxicated at a bar and i had to go pick her up um and i was going through her phone like texting her friends making sure she you know i'm like i picked her up she's okay and she's safe with me um because us vegans we're good people and can be trusted (laughs) so she automatically said call carly and i'm not even like i wasn't even like that great of friends with her so it was funny but she had the intuition to like say call carly and like i said i picked her up and um and i was going through her phone like i said texting her friends like she's okay and then i see brendan's name um, or no i see brendan's protein bar and and her conversation with her friend and she was like i just tried these protein bars they're so good let's get them stocked for our fitness club and i was like oh my gosh i totally forgot about that guy like i wonder (laughs) what he's doing so i like went on my phone and i dm'd like or i commented on planet protein's picture i was like wow these bars are great like thank you for being vegan thanks for what you're doing and hopefully like they get spread all over florida you know and then like literally like 37.2 seconds later like i get a a like and a comment back and it's like it's like 2 a.m at this point I'm like, and Brendan's like, wow, you like our, bar? you know, like, oh, like, you know, and then we just started talking and, um, he was, we were asking each other how long we were, we were vegan. And then eventually we went to like, I, we started messaging on his personal Instagram and then, um, my personal, and then we ended up meeting up and going to like this rock cafe um, in Florida that has like all organic and live music. And we were there for a couple hours. And then like the first week, Brendan's like, I think we should date. I'm like, are you sure? Like, it's been like a week. He's like, so you don't want to? I'm like, shit, okay, let's date. <laughs> we just started, you know, and it's just, and then we've just been like inseparable since basically. Did I tell that well? That was good, right? Yeah, you didn't, I don't think you left anything out. Okay. Yeah, anything to, Usually anything he, to add, he likes Brendan. to make, yeah. He's yeah. always like, we, whenever we present like at festivals, um, when we do our zero waste talks, he's always like, and Carly's split in my DMs and <laughs> messaged me. That, and I'm just sitting there like, you know, he just exaggerates that whole spiel. I'm like, he's super proud of that. <laughs> I'm a performer, man. We yeah. got to, you know. <laughs> 
She just left a comment. That's it. And then like five year profile pictures in a row. Right. That's that's like the <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah, the sliding in the DMs without sliding in the DMs. Right. It's just Basically, like, hey, hello, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty a professional. On pretty the business much. Yeah. yeah. So I was actually out of town at the time. And um, the moment that we got back was like the day I got back. We went on the date, I think, like four hours later. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I yeah, I landed home and it was like, all right, let's let's go get some raw cinnamon rolls. And um yeah, it was I didn't even have a car at the time. I just so had sold my car. So Carly picked me up and she had to drive like forty minutes one way to get me. And um yeah, it was just history ever since for sure. Yeah. And you had her at raw cinnamon rolls. I yeah, have, oh absolutely. And, and I still do. I still, still do. do. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. <laughs> any any dudes out here listening that are you know looking for a, an in with a woman, um, go raw vegan. cinnamon rolls. Yeah, first go vegan. First go vegan. First go second, vegan. make some raw cinnamon rolls. That'll really do it. There you go. Yeah, it's crazy. There's like what? It's like eighty uh, percent vegan women compared to twenty percent vegan men. I think so. It's something. Yeah. It's something like that. It's, it's outrageous. Yeah. yeah, we need me. We need more men in this movement. We really do, man. I mean, hey, that's what I'm here trying to do. So, <laughs> same. Yeah, and it's happening. Exactly. It's, it's it's definitely happening. Yeah. I have a lot more of my a lot more of my friends, uh, especially back home, that are that are opening up more. Just like, dude, what? They just see that I went on some like they think it's some sabbatical. You know, they're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this guy doing? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then you know, eventually they see I'm yeah. a, I'm alive and well and and, and thriving. So. That's now they're great. asking more questions so it's good man there's more men are doing it we're just uh we got to let go of that ego a little bit yeah. Should said those layers 100 percent agree well that's an awesome story i'm glad that you guys met because you're doing some amazing things so let's talk about that for anyone who maybe has just glanced your you know social media pages or all that good stuff explain why you guys are so passionate about you know zero waste and the environment and yeah. all that good stuff yeah. So, I mean, right after we, when we initially met, I had actually just gotten back from Nicaragua. I was there for a month doing some service work with, um, with this like really cool eco organization. Um, and they're called give volunteers. And basically we, we went and I stayed with a host family for Christmas and, um, really just got, I spoke, I do speak, um, Spanish, pretty fluently when I get in the groove. But yeah, I was there staying with the host family, taking some more Spanish classes, teaching English, and then doing a lot of environmental education. So when I was there, I was, I already considered myself an environmentalist at this point. Cause I'm like, I'm vegan, I'm eco-friendly, I'm for the planet, the people, you know? Um, and I was, but at this point, like I wasn't even interested in, I didn't even know what zero waste living was like. I didn't know what any of this stuff was, but I just kind of had a little bit of cognitive dissonance just because I didn't really have the information. So when I was there, I, I, you know, I went and were really encouraged to not produce a lot of waste because Nicaragua, Nicaragua doesn't have a proper waste management system. So everything that you produce there, like it's pretty much burned. It's like just burned. The plastic is burned. And I remember like walking past piles of burning plastic and it would smell so bad. And I would be like so concerned because I was inhaling it. And like, again, I was like really 
I'm vegan as fuck at this point, like super holistic. And I'm like the only one concerned out of my group. I'm like, listen, guys, we are breathing this in. Like, is, am I the only one freaking out? But you know, I, they just didn't have that awareness. And so I was talking to one of the locals and she's like, yeah, you know, don't get this confused. Like this isn't all from Nicaragua either. Like a lot of this washes up on our coast, like just the way the currents work in the ocean. So this could be from like a completely different country and it's like washing up on their coast and then they're dealing with the problem. So I was like, it was just kind of a slap in the face for me at that point because, you know, I was protesting a lot and going to vigils and like all this stuff. And I was preaching veganism, but I wasn't like, again, living morally consistent. Like my, my decisions, even though they were vegan, like I was still using single use plastic toothbrushes. I was still using water bottles once in a while um, out of convenience or like, you know, whatever plastic cups when I was getting like a kombucha on tap or something like that. So it was like, I just wasn't doing my best. So I basically went home and I was like, okay, so I was in Nicaragua for a month and I really tried to reduce my waste knowing that all of my waste, they would have to burn. Um, or, you know, so I brought all my waste that I produced with me home actually. And so I could, you know, recycle it and, you know, put it away properly. And so when, after I disposed of it properly, I was like, okay, I'm going to collect my trash for one month in the United States and like not hold back at all, like not make any swaps, just collect it for one month as I usually do and get like a visual of how much I produce, you know, cause I, you never get that visual. You're always like just constantly throwing it away, cleaning it out, throwing it away. So I got that visual and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I ran this whole campaign with it. It was called, it's called futuristic February. And we ran it for the first, the third year this year. But that first year I ran it, I was like doing it with a couple of the people from the organization. And I was in college at the time. So I was like doing it with my whole school and all the eco clubs and stuff. And we all did it. And we were like, Oh my gosh, like this is so much trash for one person. And then seeing everyone's pictures together, we're like, whoa, like we all accumulated this much trash. So, you know, it was just like a huge, another slap in the face, really. So it just changed my perspective at all. And I was like, listen, I need, like, I'm not perfect, you know? And I think that I got in that position when I was vegan, like thinking I was like, perfect. I'm doing everything right. Everything needs to go vegan. But I wasn't like continuing to elevate and like expand. So it really was like, Carly, like you need to do something about this. So right away, like I made those swaps of like a bamboo toothbrush, zero waste deodorant, reusable water bottles, reusable utensils, reusable bags. And I decreased my waste within the first month, like definitely in half. And then it kept going and going. And then I met Brendan, like right as I was like in the middle of this whole campaign, actually. So Bro, when I met, when I met Carly, she, I, when I first walked into her apartment, she had kombucha bottles stacked to the ceiling. Oh my like, god! There was just That's definitely the problem. Yeah, that, that was the problem. Wow. Yeah. No, but there was like trash everywhere. Um, there was trash all in her clothes bins. There was the clothes were on the floor. So I was just super confused. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Uh, you were like, you know, you're like, maybe I should have waited longer than a week to uh, ask if yeah. to start dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, uh, she's vegan. She's very interesting and and attractive, but. Maybe I got to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, you know? you're like, you're <laughs> this like, might be too much. Yeah. Wow. No, but it, it was cool. It opened my eyes. It was a good, it shifted a lot of perspective because then that's what got me into it. Like Carly's the one that got me into sustainability. And, you know, I, I cared about the planet. Obviously I watched Cowspiracy, but 
I didn't make the connection between single-use plastic, throwing our trash. Like, we're we're throwing it away, but where's away? And, you know, that kind of stuck with me. And from from there, like, we went zero waste shortly after. Yeah. And, like, there's no ultimate zero waste, too. We always try to explain that. Like, you can't have no trash at all. Like, no matter what you do, you're going to have an impact. So we always say, like, zero waste mindset. Like just have the mindset to be as like eco-friendly as you can and just like do your best. And that's like what we do, you know, and it's really, we're so blessed that we live in Florida. We're able to support a lot of local, like everything's always so seasonal and local. And there's always something here that's like really healthy and it's fresh produce, organic. And we've blessed with good bulk food stores that a lot of places don't have. So, um, it's really easy for us to do in Florida. So we just, again, like try to do those things to minimize our impact. Yeah. I think that goes like for veganism too. Um, you know, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be completely void of suffering in some way. You're always going to have an impact that probably creates suffering for something. So it's like, do the best that you can with the tools that you have in the situation that you're in. You know, I say that a lot. So, you know, zero waste mindset, vegan mindset, just like go in as much as you possibly can I feel like people think, oh, if I can't do this perfectly, I shouldn't do it at all. And that's just a terrible right. mindset to have. It's it's all about just creating creating the least amount of harm possible. Right. Yeah, exactly. And just elevating, like being open to learning and like, you know, you go vegan and then you learn about what palm oil is. You're like, what? No, I can't have all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then you learn about like something else and you're like, oh my gosh, like how much is there? You know, and then you kind of realize that, you know, it, I think people get overwhelmed sometimes, but then you kind of just have to come back and being like, no, like, you, I mean, you should feel overwhelmed, but isn't it kind of messed up that it's all like this in the first place? Like, yeah. that's why you have to do it. Right. Yeah. And just taking the big steps first, I think is, is a good way to start. Like, you know, um, obviously when I first went vegan, well, Brendan went overnight, so <laughs> that's awesome. But a lot of people don't do that. You know, like the first thing I did was just give up like red meat, you know, like just start somewhere. And then just like, as you learn, like, you know, the, the age old saying, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day just, you know, to completely shift your life. It's, it's, you're not going to go from A to B overnight. You got to gradually take steps. And that's kind of what we tell people with, with zero waste, like the ultimate first step to going zero waste is, is going vegan right away. Right. Like the impact of, of animal products on the environment is so detrimental. Um, and we can offset all of that or most of it by literally swapping out our cheese for a vegan cheese. Yeah. Our, our, our dairy milk for an almond milk, like all these simple swaps where we're not sacrificing our taste buds or, or our texture or nutritional value or anything like that. Um, it's so simple, you know, and if we have the, we're the only ones that have the power to literally pick up our, our fork and put a piece of food in our mouth. Like we are the only ones that control that power. That's so much, you know, there's so many things that are governed by the, by the government. Um, maybe your parents, maybe like, you know, your school system or whatever it is, you know, you drive on the roads, you can't just blow stop signs, you know, you're going to get a ticket. But if you pick up a veggie burger, no one's going to give you a ticket for that. You're not going to get fined for eating plant-based. Like you have total control over that. Unless you have a disability, like you have total control over what you're putting into your mouth. And and that's the first step to, to going zero waste is, yeah. is controlling that. And once you do that, then you, you start saving a lot of, a lot of resources in the world. And then you start, you finally get more fun 
And then you just get deeper down the zero waste hole of yeah. like, all right, what can I do now to limit, you know, uh, this waste here? Or what can I do now? So it's cool. Like you just keep going back. And um, one thing I'd like to really pull up all the time is the vegan calculator. If anybody has heard of this, I would highly recommend going to the vegan calculator.com. Um, in the last three years of me being vegan, uh, I've saved over a thousand animals already. Um, over 32,000 square feet of forest, over 1.2 million gallons of water, 49,000 pounds of uh, grain, and 32,000 square feet of forest. So again, wow. if you really care, it's Earth Day, man. Like if you really care about the environment, going vegan is the number one way to start protecting Mother Earth. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, just you putting those numbers out there for three years, so many people say, what is one person going to do? How are they going to make a difference? And I love the saying, you know, you underestimate how much power one person has, you know, like try sleeping right. with a mosquito, like, <laughs> you know, it's like you really do make an impact. And if you have that mindset of just thinking, oh, one person isn't going to make a difference. Well, yeah, but it's like collectively together, we make the biggest difference, but you still do make a difference yourself. So if we just had the mindset of, of knowing I just need to do my part and if other people do their part, you know, the combination together. And, you know, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you, what is the biggest impact we can make when considering, you know, the environment? And I wholeheartedly agree with you is it's to go vegan because it's, it's three times a day you get to make this conscious choice of, okay, you're either causing this destruction or you're reducing your impact severely. And, um, you know, I think it's such an easy choice to make. It's not like, you know, you're telling people, Hey, go donate to this environmental campaign. You know, it's literally like, right. this is something you get to choose three times a day. And maybe there's a couple week learning curve or a month learning curve. But then after that, it's so simple. Mm. It's a hundred percent. It's, um, I like how you brought up the fact that, you know, there is this stigma around where people think like one person cannot change the world. I actually had a, I actually had a dude tell me to my face one time that you're one person. You think you're just going to change the world? Like, come on, you know? And, uh, this was like three years ago. And ever since he said that to me, I've always used that as motivation. Uh, um, I love that because yes, I do think one person can change the world. If I, if I, if I change and then my neighbor changes, and then my dad changes and my brother changes and my cousin and my grandpa and et cetera and so on. Like then yes, indeed one person is eventually changing the world. Yeah. Right. So that saying is so silly. It's so silly. If you think about it, it right? is. Yeah. It's a justification <laughs> for not changing your actions. Right. You know? Yeah. It's staying comfortable really. Yeah. Agreed. But we always tell people, you know, like, like Brendan mentioned earlier, like, simply swapping the milk for the almond milk or, you know, the cheese for the dairy cheese, like, or for the, um, the vegan cheese. It's like zero waste living is the same thing. Like all you have to do, like, instead of being like super overwhelmed and throwing everything you have out, like just the next time you need a toothbrush, like just get a bamboo toothbrush, you know? And next time you need a broom, like you can get a wooden compostable broom instead of a plastic broom. Like yeah. there's so many things like razors. You don't need, there's something like 2 billion razors go to the landfill every single year. Wow. Some crazy number like that. And so, and it's like every razor ever produced is still here. Wow. And like, yeah. So just simply switching to a stainless steel razor 
you know, you save, you never have to buy a razor ever again in your life. Um, I did the math. And since I did that, like the average female is going to spend around or save around like in between 2000 to $5,000, depending on how much you shave. Wow. But you know, it's a crazy amount of money. And it's just, and it's 20 bucks to buy it once and you're done. So it's like, it's almost like a no brainer. Like even if you're not doing it for the animals or the planet, like we always encourage people to do it, like be quote unquote selfish and do it for yourself and your health because you're not contributing to a lot of plastic that's going to the ocean. It's breaking down to microplastics and you're ingesting it. You know, like if you drink water from the tap, like it's full of like so many contaminants and microplastics that you're ingesting. So and we're just like in our talks, we're like, listen, like if you aren't vegan, if you don't aren't eco-friendly or you don't really care about the environment, like do, you obviously care about yourself right. because, you know, that's what your actions are saying. So just be selfish, do it for yourself. And obviously and directly that's, you know, benefiting the planet and the animals, yeah. but they don't, we don't need to say that to them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, eventually they'll see, you know, and it's yeah. like, it's, it's a journey, you know, like it's totally a journey and like. If you don't, if you, if someone's environmentally conscious and they're not vegan yet, like, you know, zero waste is a way for them to get vegan. And like being vegan is a way for people to go zero waste as well. So they really, really complement each other super well. Yeah. I like that. So what's the first step besides going vegan? What's the first step somebody can make to reduce their impact on the environment? So say somebody goes vegan, it's like, okay, what can I do now to make the biggest impact? Bring a uh, bring a reusable water bottle with you wherever you go, and always have it filled up. Stay hydrated. Not only that, but then when an emergency hits and like you need your thirst, you need water. You don't have to depend on a plastic water bottle. And where we when I grew, when I grew up, we had literally we would, my mom would buy like three packages of the twenty four bottles of the the natural spring water. You know the bottled water. Yeah. Um, we would buy like three cases of that at a time and we would drink so much of that water. My dad would just drink water bottle after water bottle after water bottle. He worked outside in construction. So that's, that's what he stayed hydrated on was these plastic water bottles. When we're throwing those away, they're not recyclable. So, and if they are, I mean, it depends on which city and which County because each state and County and city is different with the recycling rules. Yeah. So if that's another thing real quick, if, if you're interested in recycling, first and foremost, check with your, your legislate, like you have to go online and you have to check your county's rules because a lot of things that even say are recyclable might not be in your county. So it's like, you might think that you're recycling, but in reality, that's really just going to the landfill. Yeah. Like only 9% of recyclables are actually properly recycled. Yeah. Nine percent. That's crazy. Yeah. So to to offset a lot of that plastic water bottle usage as a child, I wish I would have just had a a sixty seven ounce you know clean canteen um, bottle with me wherever I went. And that's what we do now. We have a bottle with us wherever we go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That does seem like such a big impact, and and that kind of ties into my next question. yeah, because I know I've heard so many like horror stories about like the recycling system, like, oh, like it's not actually getting recycled. And I mean, you throwing out like 9%, that's just insanely low. You know, what other tag words um, are companies using to trick people into like thinking they're, oh they're doing gosh. better? So many, especially coming, you know, 
I mean, we're just so into this just because obviously Planet Protein and Sustainable Duo. And for anyone that doesn't know what Planet Protein is, it's Brendan's vegan plant-based nutrition company. Um, I can't remember if I said that before, but he was vending for that company at the VegFest where I met him. So he was vending with his vegan protein bars. But So when I met him, he was using single-use plastic um, for the protein bars. And then we did the whole zero-waste futuristic February together and transitioned to this lifestyle. And he was really having a hard time. He was like, I have a company and I'm vegan and now I'm like trying to be zero-waste. And my company that I put my blood, sweat, tears into like it's not morally consistent like he just couldn't feel good about giving people stuff that was in single-use plastic yeah and so and i i get it and just to watch him like have that struggle and like not and a lot of companies use like compostable packaging and that's really a greenwashing word most of the time and a lot of people think like you know they see those plastic cups that are at some juice bars and stuff that they say oh they're compostable they're biodegradable well if the the thing with those cups is those bioplastics is they're compostable in an industrial composting facility. So they are not backyard compostable. So they can only be composted in like certain facilities and there's really, they're rare to come by, you know, so they're barely around. And so the thing is, yes, they're compostable with the high heat index, but that would be the juice bar would have to like sort all of those bioplastics and bring them to the industrial facility. And we have been to so many juice bars and I can hundred percent with accuracy tell you that I have not seen one juice bar or restaurant or anywhere do that, that is using those cups. Um, and maybe not even for bad reasons, maybe just because the facilities are really rare to come by. They might not even be in the state of where that restaurant is. So they're really just not, I mean, they're going to the landfill and like they're, they're just, again, like just kind of confusing customers. Cause we get people all the time with Brendan, like, I mean, your bars are in single use plastic. Why aren't they compostable? And then we have to educate, like, listen, if they were compostable, like they would have to be industrial compostable. And then, you know, there's not even a facility near us. So it just wouldn't even make sense. It's, it's just another form of greenwashing. So, um, you know, until like a backyard compostable wrapper comes out, we're definitely not going to transition planet protein to, compostable packaging in an industrial facility because unless more facilities pop up in the future, that's the only way. But then Brennan created this internal recycling program with the protein bar, um, wrappers. So basically he collects all of the wrappers that customers send back to him. And then he partners with TerraCycle and they turn the plastic wrappers into chairs, into school desks, into flooring. So instead of getting new materials for those things, they can just use post-consumer packaging, which is really freaking cool. That's cool. So like, do they send those wrappers back and then like the packaging that the bars were sent to you in? So you're using like the same box? Like how does that work? Yeah. So all of the waste that, you know, we contribute to in terms of uh, packaging the products up. You buy something online from us. Um, you can hold on to that those wrappers and that material. Send it back to us. We'll pay the postage on it. And then we reward you for, for being a good Samaritan and caring about the planet. We give you guys planet points for doing so, which, you, that, which those add up um, for in-store purchase. Um, so you're getting rewarded for being awesome. You're sending that stuff back to us. And then we're taking, we're simply taking this material and partnering with a Terra cycle. They properly break it down and then they can re use it, repurpose it 
and create new products from that same material. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's pretty incredible. Like you'll see community benches that are made out of like cigarette butts. Oh wow, yeah. Or you'll see you know desks and tables and chairs made out of out of plastic wrappers. So that's that's our that's our mission and that's our goal at this time with with the company is yes, we're spreading holistic, high vibrational um, wellness and with through our through food. But at the same time, we care about the planet. It's called Planet Protein for a reason. Yeah, you know we're very eco conscious about things. Um, what's the next step? And, and as Carly mentioned, like it doesn't make sense to to purchase this bioplastic, especially when it's three to three to five times the amount to purchase in the in the in the beginning. Um, so we just have to be creative and, and find different solutions, and that's what we did. So zero waste again is isn't about being perfect and teleporting from place to place. It's mm-hmm. It's finding solutions, being creative with with things, and and having fun with it. You know, rewarding people for doing the right thing. I, I feel like they're having fun being a part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So if that can put a smile on someone's face, and we can reward them for doing so, and yeah, you know, it might cost us a little bit, but it's worth it. It's worth. It. There's no price on on saving the planet. You can't put a price no. on that. So what about? Um... So what about like the packaging um, as far as like cardboard and stuff like that and paper? Is the is the environmental impact on that kind of stuff as severe as plastic? I mean, and what I think is no, but maybe you know a little bit better on that because I feel like, you know, papers are more organic material or. Right. So, I mean, um, are you are you talking in terms of like composting or like deforestation of those? I guess like materials? just in the sense of like, I guess like recycling like cardboard, like, you know, for instance, like, OK, like I'm assuming, you know, when you ship out your bars or something, you have to use a cardboard box unless there's some alternative, right. you know, uh, material product. So, like, you know, how does that go as far as, you know, being able to either compost or recycle or, you know, w- what happens with that? Like if only nine percent of plastic is actually being recycled what about you know materials like that right so we always like encourage people to like always like what Brenda and I say is we say um, prepare refuse then reduce reuse recycle so if we're sending out stuff in cardboard which is compostable we always just encourage people to reuse it first so whether like you're you know a holiday's coming up and you're gifting someone something you can always reuse the box um a lot of people use them for storage or they send them back to us with all the wrappers you can compost the boxes if you just kind of want it you know out of your hair um and yeah i mean it's really about just like repurposing and reusing like these materials as much as we can before we dispose of them but the good thing about the cardboard is like we can just return those nutrients back into the soil and they can really help like veggie gardens and they can just neutralize the nitrogen and carbon in the soil and create like a really good like eco community for all of like the um, organisms in the soil and so really like it's a really great material and that's why we're so behind bamboo because bamboo grows so fast so i mean there's some species of bamboo that grow like three feet a day so Brendan for his um, protein powder is using bamboo bags. And then on the inside, there's a wooden compostable scoop because, you know, all the, all the proteins on the market, they come in a plastic tube and then they have a plastic scoop and everyone's like with a scoop, like, okay, is this recyclable? Like, is it trash? (laughs) Like, what even is it? You know? 
So yeah, he was innovative and did that. And like people are reusing the scoop as a spoon for coffee to measure their coffee um, as just a measuring spoon or with their smoothie bowls to eat. Like, again, like just really encouraging to reuse. And then when they're done using it, they're like, okay, I can just literally throw it out my window because it's compostable. Wow. That's super awesome. And and I want to talk a little bit more about planet protein um, because I feel like we kind of skipped over that a little bit just in the sense of, you know, what, what the company is, you know, what your goals are, um, as far as, you know, for the future of the company, what you're trying to do with that, um, what kind of products you sell, stuff like that. Um, cause I'm just interested in that. I know you guys have the, I think it's chocolate magic protein powder. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Chocolate magic. I was creeping on the website. I'm like, this looks amazing. And the wooden scoop is it's just ridiculous. the perfect touch. I'm just like, I, I gotta get my hands on this. Cause I'm always looking to try some different, uh, protein powders just to see you know especially something i mean i looked at the ingredients ingredients look awesome too so talk talk a little bit more about that yeah um dude chocolate magic is something that we worked on for over a year (laughs) i was Um, in the lab helping to formulate it was so fun it was really fun yeah we it, it was a it was a fun process um more stressful for you, more fun for me, because I was like R and D taste testing yeah. today. Let's go road trip. We, we went, <laughs> we went back and forth because we were trying to nail down the flavor, um, and it's kind of hard to do that without using certain fillers and preservatives. Um, and we don't, I don't really believe in natural flavors. Um, you see a lot of products that have the word chocolate flavor on the label. Well, that could be a hundred, hundred undisclosed ingredients, you know, that make up that chocolate flavor. Yeah. And the F, there's really no regulation with the FDA, so you have you have this chocolate flavor in your products, but of those 100 undisclosed ingredients, are they vegan? Where are they coming from? A lot of natural flavors, like raspberry, comes from a, a beaver's uh, ass. Yeah, and dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I like, remember like learning that. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? You, like this is a you thing? know what I mean. And and first of all, that's not vegan. But second of all, like it, it's not healthy. It can't be. I mean, we're taking ketones from you know animals. It, it's just to me that doesn't make sense. And anything with a gray area, we kind of just stay away from. So we um we don't use preservatives. We don't use artificial flavoring. No natural flavoring. Um, everything is sweetened with you know whole foods, plant based. And um, this powder is more. I would say it's more of an earthier flavor anyway. Um, it's our, We're really big on holistic medicine. So I want this experience to be healing right. and, and holistic. So if it tastes like a, you know, a chocolate fudge ball, it, yes, it can be healthy, but it's probably not. Right. <laughs> like if it tastes like a Snickers, it probably has something hidden inside of it. Um, so we really focused on holistic medicine. It took me an hour, it took me over a year to actually nail down the flavor because we didn't want it too earthy. We still want the mass market to appeal. We still want people like my dad to pick up this protein shake and love it. Right. And that's what's happening. We're finding that that people of all kinds are loving the, the chocolate magic. Um, so that's it's really good for the company and the initiative. And that's what we're we're trying to evolve into more is like get more holistic minimal ingredients, sustainability, zero waste. That's the mission of the, of the, of the company. We want to get people healthy. We want to get people well. Um, but at the same time, we want to focus on saving the environment. So if we can keep, you know, 
being innovative with our recycling programs, um, our packaging materials, et cetera, then I think we're doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. And so you have the chocolate magic protein powder and you also have the bars. Um, are you expanding yeah. out into any other things that you can talk about yet or? Uh, I can't talk about some things. We're working on a new project that I'm really fired up about. It's, um, it's something that just kind of conceptualized recently. And it's, uh, I can say that it's centered around, it's centered around ditching, ditching the traditional RX prescription. So interesting. We're, we're looking to replace rx in that meaning the whole definition of the westernized definition of rx yeah um i want to do away with that whole definition if we can just erase it out of the uh the dictionary and then or or replace it with what we think is the true meaning of rx because if you look back at like egyptian mythology i mean rx was a term that was thrown around there was symbols for it but it was a holistic symbol and a holistic term it wasn't hey go grab the Advil right. or, Hey, go, you know, we need a steroid shot or, and, and I'm not saying that all medicine is bad because there's times when yes, like don't be ignorant. You need to go to the hospital and you need to save your life. Like let whatever medicine needs to be in your body that sometimes it calls for that. You know what I mean? There's life in there's certain situations that, that dictate, but overall, if you, if you balance your diet with holistic foods and nutrition, and you're focused on eating for nutrition rather than eating for taste, then you'll realize you don't need these prescription pills. Like it's plants, not pills. And um, this whole new project is focused 100% on that. So that's pretty much all I can say. I can't say what we're launching, but um, it's in the works, man. Hopefully in, in the next like six months to a year, we'll be fully launched with, with that new series. Yeah, it sounds big, man. It's exciting. I'm I'm excited. I'm 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 excited. I've been staying up all night thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Working on it and it's um it's going to be something totally new game changer for the world, I think. Nice. So, where can people find uh Planet Protein at? planetprotein.com. You can find all the information there. Um it's really cool. We we did partner with a couple of big names. We have um Wilson Chandler. He plays for the LA Clippers. Oh, nice. He's um He's a six foot nine, two hundred thirty pound basketball player that dunks on people and lean mass and strong and and he's vegan for over two years now. Wow! So to have somebody like that on our team that invested in the company initially um, says a lot, and it says a lot about where the movement is going. So definitely, you can learn about, you can read about the the company, my story, um, and our initiative on our website. Our social media handle is planet underscore protein. So you can get more inspiration there. We do like recipes and, and um, we're really big on like inspirational memes and, and just motivating people to think outside the box. And, you know, we're not only here to save the planet and the environment and um, we're here to save people. Yeah. And I think like the cleaner that we eat, the more that we realize our mind expands and the more that we realize um, we shouldn't be trapped in this box and we shouldn't be trapped in this nine to five or we shouldn't be trapped under all these rules and, and guidelines and life should be kind of how we make it. And we like to inspire and motivate that way. So people can just get outside the box and, and do what they're really passionate and fired up about. That's awesome, man. I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, definitely. 
So I'm going to ask you guys a few more questions and we'll get to wrapping it up here shortly. Uh, I could talk about this stuff for hours. It's so <laughs> interesting. And you guys are the, the gurus. So <laughs> sure. um, how can we get people to just pay attention and care about the environment, you know, especially people who are from similar backgrounds like you, Brendan, in an area where that's just not something you think about because you're just focused on, okay, what am I doing to survive or, you know, et cetera. How do we get people to just wake up and realize that all around us, we really truly are killing the earth and our actions are dictating that. One of our passions is CBD. Like we've really gotten into the CBD realm of, things and we've each been taking it for about like a year, I would say like a year and a half. And like, we've had such crazy health benefits from CBD. So we use CBD literally as like a way of like introducing like environmentalism and veganism to people actually. Like, cause for instance, my dad was pre-diabetic and, um, he was drinking like Diet Coke every single day and all this stuff. And so I introduced kombucha to him and then also CBD. And like, then it's kind of like a place where he feels better. He feels so good taking these, like, you know, these different alternatives that are holistic. And then that's a good time to be like, okay, here's why you feel good. Here's what's going on in the environment. Like here's what's in your diet Coke. When you, you know, here is what is sprayed all on our neighbor's lawns or in the sky or, you know, what's in our, your food that you're eating that's GMO. So like we use it as a way to educate people and also heal because obviously we think you can heal through plants. And so, yeah, CBD is just a great way. Like I, we've had, I have friends that have been on Adderall and have gotten off using CBD. Like I know someone with Parkinson's that's using CBD and it's helping them with their symptoms. Someone's having seizures. Like we each post about a lot about it on social media. And when someone messaged me and they're like, honestly, Carly, I can't thank you enough. Like my husband was in the military. He has bad PTSD. He's had anxiety for like three years, can't sleep, can't function. He just kind of is like a, a gaze glaze over his eye, like just is not present ever. And she finally gave him like CBD as like a last effort for their marriage. And he, he felt completely better and started breaking down crying and was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't felt this calm and this free in years. So it's really cool. And then, then she has an opportunity, like, let's say he's not vegan. She has the opportunity to introduce like here now let's, now that you believe in CBD, what about like supplementing like with turmeric and ginger shots and let's maybe use black bean patties at night instead of beef. And so it's such a good intro to like this lifestyle. Uh, And I think that again, it's like becoming trendy. So people are into it. They're about it. Like everyone, like I see like CBD kombucha wherever I go. Um, like, especially when we were in California, like we saw it everywhere. I was listening. Um, I was in the thrift store the other day and I listened on the radio. Some like place was having like a CBD infused dinner (laughs) and it's like, you know, it's really just popping up everywhere. So it's cool. I'm glad that it's becoming like, you know, one of those key terms, but at least it's something that's so positive, you know? So, um, yeah, that's just a really good way. Like we can introduce this lifestyle to people that, have no idea what's going on. Um, and yeah, I, I, our goal is really just like to help people 
like we said in the beginning, like go back to the basics and just connect back to the earth. And Brenda and I are really big advocates for if you have anxiety or depression or whatever, like, yeah, we supplement CBD for those things for our personal selves, but just go camping, like go take a break, go disconnect, go connect back and do what we're meant to do. And that's the ultimate medicine. Like, yes, there's these supplements and things to help heal us, but really just you connecting back and simply swimming in a lake or swimming in the ocean or just going walking barefoot outside. Like you feel significantly better. And it's so cool because one of our friends is a doctor. Her name's Dr. Shannon Treen from Arizona. And, you know, she talks all about this, like placebo and like, you know, if someone has depression, like every day, first thing you say is I'm happy you know, I'm happy, I'm happy and happy. And then eventually you're going to be happy just the way our brains work. And I don't know all the science behind it. That's her job, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's just crazy how much we're capable of and how much we can heal just through our own minds and through just, you know, disconnecting and connecting back. So again, like one of our biggest goals, just to show people like, you know, get growing your own food, disconnect, go camping, like for entertainment, maybe instead of going to the movies, go for like a two hour nature walk, you know, just do these things that we're meant to do. And that's how you're just going to feel your best and everything just becomes so clear. You just get so much clarity from these nature connect activities and it just changes your world. And you're meant to be happier. You're automatically going to be happier. It's just, it's just how it is. It's how it works. And there's science behind it now, which is great. Yeah. That's amazing. Pretty much just like increasing people's quality of life, you know, first and foremost, then they're going to be more open to, you know, seeing what else could also, you know, make them happier or make them more comfortable, et cetera. For sure. And like, that's why we're so into minimalism and, you know, we want to live into like move into like a tiny house or a van big time just because, you know, it's, it's when we went so stress free, zero waste. So like, stress free. Yeah. We tell, tell them how long it took us to move into our apartment. Like an hour, <laughs> maybe not even literally, yeah. literally like we had nothing. We and... literally had 30 minutes of moving stuff upstairs. Like going up the stairs took longer than yeah. to actually move our stuff. <laughs> and, and it's amazing because you see, I just seen, um, on Facebook, I had some friends moving and they're like, it's been so stressful. And man, it's been such a pain in the ass, but I love the new house. I'm like, well, if you didn't have three storage units full of stuff that you don't remember until you actually go into into the storage unit to go through it all, then it wouldn't be stressful, you know? And and we're not saying like throw away all your books or throw away everything that you love. You know, if you love something and you really think it's worth having around, then, then hang on to it. But what about all the other stuff that you just forget about? And, um, like for me, for instance, I threw away my, um, a lot of my Marine stuff, my Marine memorabilia and, you know, granted we, we did have a, a mold exposure. So some things got contaminated, but like it was a, it was a memorable time in my life because I was able to move on from all that. And I still have the memories. I still have pictures, but yeah, stuff laying around, taking up space, it wasn't doing anything for me other than I was like, shit, I'm stressed. I'm like, I have to take it to the dry cleaners. Am I, you know, where do I find a storage unit in this, in this town or whatever it is. So man, if, if you want to free up some stress in your life, the minimalist approach is definitely the way. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Plus, you know, when you move, you always got to find someone who has a truck. It's like, oh, hey. uh." Yeah. yeah. For sure. 
it's one of those things you have to experience your own. Like, again, like we can talk about veganism and zero waste and people can kind of like be like, okay. And then just move on with their day and forget about it. But once they experience like eating a plant-based diet and get all the benefits, then you kind of believe, you know? So same thing with minimalism. Like I always tell people, nothing looks as good as being minimal feels. Like you just don't realize how much of your stuff you're attached to and it clutters and you just have to clean so much and moving. It's, it's just so many things. But when you only carry around the things with you that mean so much and have so much value, it, it's such a different experience. It's so different. And for anyone that curious, just go and look at the documentary minimalism on, on Netflix. It's one of the best documentaries ever. And I watch it seasonally just because <laughs> it's like, I feel like it's such, it's like a juice cleanse. It's like a detox. Like you just go yeah. back to your mind and be like, okay, like, you know, this is all I need. Like why. we already have everything we need and all these objects are just a bonus or to be more convenient, but gets you thinking like how much of the things we have are basically just for convenience. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. When I get rid of stuff, clutter, like, well, that's another thing too, is like, I can't be productive unless my, like my area and my environment around me is just like organized and like, doesn't look cluttered. Cause I just feel better. I just feel like the flow is better. And like, I'm just not like surrounded by all these things. It just, it almost like holds that stress over your head. Like, Oh, there's this and there's this and there's this. For sure. Exactly. That's exactly how it is. Exactly how it is. Yeah. You're on the right track. Sweet. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to wrap up with kind of a, a more fun question and then I will give you guys a chance to kind of say any final thoughts. Um, so, you know, vegans, we tend to get stuck on stranded islands all the time. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in that hypothetical scenario, you're stuck on a stranded island with only three meals every day for the rest of your life. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What are they? <laughs> um, well, for me, so I, I usually like to intermittent fast. So in the morning, it's like a lot of water or um, coconut water. Who so says I would, that first meal water. <laughs> I would definitely, I would definitely want some coconuts around. Um, that'd be one of them. And then the rest of the day, I mean, I'm good on smoothies to be nice. honest. Like I don't really need anything else other than, than raw fruits and veggies. Um, I, I'm 90% raw as it is. I do like my occasional, you know, black bean quinoa burgers or my sweet potato burgers or something with like a little more substance. Um, but I'm I'm good on smoothies, man. Like yeah. you put me on an island, all I need, I don't the island has everything I need because there's plants and there's vegetation, so we can grow things, but I'm gonna need my Vitamix. Yeah, there you go. Without a doubt. All right, fair enough. So, so we'll, it's, it's, we'll swap it's not, out. Don't give me a meal, just eat, yeah, give me the Vitamix. <laughs> so all the all the foods coming from the Which island and then just bring the Vitamix. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, Car- Carly's Vitamix. Yeah, my Vitamix. Thank you. That's like the most value thing I've brought into this relationship. Like, are you even dating me for me or my Vitamix? Probably the Vitamix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would I mean, would Brendan even eat if you weren't around Carly? Like, it just seems like you're his yeah. personal chef. <laughs> yeah. I would just fast for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, you just fast on apparently water. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, honestly, I, you know, this, oh, I love this question. I think, I mean, I, Brenda and I eat the same thing for breakfast, like every single morning. Like we love, I make us these crazy acai bowls because I worked at a acai bowl juice bar, you know, or like a res- raw restaurant for six years. So I know all those recipes at the back of my hand. So I would definitely do like a crazy acai bowl for breakfast um, with 
all the mushroom superfoods, um, the cacao, sprouted almond butter, raw granola, like the whole shebang. Definitely for lunch, I love, I don't know if you've ever made like raw ketchup. No. Ketchup is like one of my favorite foods and I gave it up because one, it has natural flavors, even if, if it's organic from Whole Foods, whatever, like they have natural flavors um, and then they use citric acid, which is kind of like a controversial ingredient and it actually makes me feel sick. Um, and then it's and plastic. So I'm like, great. Just giving up my favorite food. Yeah. Ketchup. So I make like, um, I make this one that's out of dates and like garlic, fresh garlic and fresh tomatoes and then sun dried tomatoes. It makes like this really oh, wow. good raw ketchup. Good. Um, and then I love like kale chips with like, um, like, a ton of like sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. So I definitely have kale chips and dip them in raw ketchup. So I bet you're never going to get that answer for this yeah, question. No, probably not. I mean, well, I had, I had a fruitarian <laughs> on um, a few episodes back. Dave Windsor, awesome guy. He, he might say something similar to that, but he was more like yeah. just whole fruit. So yeah. Yeah. He was like, just give me the vitamin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And then for dinner, maybe like, if I could pair like a green juice with like a raw pizza, I'd be straight. I think that'd be good. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That just sounds great. Like, right. Where's the stranded island? That at? does. That, that actually sounds amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I yeah. would enjoy eating that. See, that's my thing is like, I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm too lazy to make everything from scratch. So maybe I would, I would probably yeah. go Brendan's route. I can make a smoothie. I'm good with that. that that's sure. the main reason I do smoothies anyways. I'm the same, I'm the same way, man. I'm too lazy. Plus like, it's just more convenient. It's a lot quicker. I mean, from start to finish, for from you know, start like preparation to clean up. It right. takes like five. Yeah, minutes. exactly. Yeah. So it, it just makes sense. I for shouldn't me. say I'm lazy. I I would say like you said, it's more convenient. I actually love cooking when I have the time to do it, but just my schedule just doesn't allow for me to like take two hours and like go to the grocery store, get fresh ingredients, come back, and then decide what we're gonna make, and then like make everything from scratch. Like I would love to do that right. essentially, but you know, it's so easy to literally just like throw some fruit and greens in the blender and with some protein powder, you're good to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cool guys. Well, first I'm going to say, or or rather ask where people can reach you. Obviously we already um, talked about where people can find planet protein. Where can people reach you personally? And then after that, if you guys have just any last words. Yeah. So you can find us sustainable duo on Instagram uh, we do have a website, sustainableduo.com as well, and we're launching a, a new website is when like today, I think today. Yeah. So, um, you can definitely find out more about our story there. I am the sustainable CEO on Instagram. And mine's just Carly underscore Bergman on Instagram. Cool. So you can find us in a few different spots and, and check us out more there. I think the only thing that I want to say to leave off is, um, just follow your truth and don't let anybody uh, sway your opinion of the world. So if you believe in something wholeheartedly and you think that you have a mission, it's because you do. And don't let anybody stop you from achieving that goal that you're setting. Um, it's going to be very hard. You might have family, friends, brother, sister, girlfriend, boyfriend that might stand in the way, but it's going to take a lot of courage and guts um, an audacity to, to get through that. There's going to be a lot of humps and a lot of punches and, and slaps to the face along the way, but you have to just keep, keep pushing through and, and staying true to yourself. And once you do that, you're going to find more happiness and success than you ever have in your life. 
Mine would be definitely just to, you know, get your feet in the dirt, like try to start growing your own food, whether it be just something indoor on your windowsill, like some cilantro and basil and rosemary, just start growing your own food and using it every single day and just like connecting to the plants that you're eating and just get more intuitive with, you know, what you're feeling your body with and like what you're surrounding yourself with. I mean, in our apartment, we have plants everywhere. Like mm. we have a whole edible plant wall. And so just growing your own food is just the basics of survival. And we've become so distant from that. Um, I had a friend that asked me, like she came up to me with a, a pack of lavender seeds and was like, Hey, like I got these, I'm so excited, but how do I grow them? You know? And so we've come so far from even knowing how to grow our own food and also read the labels on the packet that they come in. So it's like, just get back to the only thing that like is for like that we need in our existence, like clean water and food. And once you have those, everything else is just an experience and, you know, don't take that stuff for granted, but just connecting back to gardening. It's the way. Well, yeah. Cause sustainable duo isn't about, you know, Carly and I, it's about your all connection. It's everyone's connection with the earth. Yeah. Um, that's the, the, that's the duo factor in sustainability in our, in our whole mission. It's you connect with the earth and that's what it's about. Wow. I love that. Well-spoken guys. Uh, I want to thank <laughs> you so much for being here, sharing your insight. You definitely have me thinking about a lot of things and, uh, thinking about changing yeah. some habits. So <laughs> at least it's definitely, yeah, it's something it. I've been thinking about for a while actually, <laughs> but, um, I think this will be yeah. kind of the, the kicker to, to, further me along that path so thank you guys for coming on nice. and and sharing everything and yeah i guess that's it um yeah you guys already said your last word so my last words to you are just thank you and uh, hopefully the listeners enjoyed all your insight as well as i'm sure they will so happy earth day to you guys and uh everybody out there listening start making those small changes to help the planet and make that sustainable dual connection with our mother earth. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. We appreciate it so so much. much. Absolutely. Talk soon guys. Take care. Guys, you did it. This is the end of this episode, but if you're still listening, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking around. If you did find value in this content, Please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps spread the message as far as it possibly can go. And don't forget to share with a family member or a friend, somebody you think would also find value in this message. If you guys want to keep up with me and have a chance to win some awesome prizes and giveaways or just stay in the know, head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.